Welcome to Pulse Wave, the podcast dedicated to Game Boy music that's better than it has any right to be. I'm your host, Vasilkania, and the song that you just heard was an unknown song from a game called Anima Star, released in 2001, a composer also unknown. Uh, that game is a monster-catching game like Pokemon, but instead of battling them, you race them, I guess. It is a port, possibly, of a Dreamcast game. Um... It was originally meant to link with the Dreamcast, which I find incredible that someone was going to make special hardware to link a Game Boy Color to a Dreamcast physically, but I guess it never panned out. Um, so they're just two different games or possibly the same game twice. I'm not 100% clear, unfortunately. There's like no information about Anima Star on the Game Boy Color anywhere. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, but cool song. Um, originally composed by Koji Nikura, and Yukie Sugawara, they did the original OST on the Dreamcast, but this music doesn't resemble that that music at all. Um, which kind of brings me to the theme of this episode, which is ports. Uh, the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color were notorious for having ports of varying qualities. Most of the time, the music was, I mean, honestly, from what I was finding, totally different, like this one. Uh, but a lot of the time, we ended up with covers of the original songs on the Game Boy, which is kind of neat to have this very lo-fi version of possibly a more complicated song. Um, often these were composed, or not composed, they were arranged by different people than did the original compositions. So I wanted to highlight some of those. Anima Star is a really weird example because there's no uh, version of the Dreamcast uh, song, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to start with something a little more normal. Um, the reason I say that is because what I'm going to do with these is play a bit of the original 
and then fade into the Game Boy song um, so that you can kind of get a comparison between the two. Uh, since this one doesn't have an original, it wouldn't be so confusing. Um, so let's go into our first ported song that is actually resembles the original. Uh, we are going to do Ghosts and Goblins, released in 1999 for the Game Boy Color. Original game was, I believe, released in 1985. Uh, original composer was Ayaki Mori, uh, and this arrangement was done by David Whitaker. I'm using the arcade version of Ghosts and Goblins, so the very original version, uh, but this may very well have been based on many of, any of the many versions that Ghosts and Goblins has, so we're just going back to this source. <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins, um, a very famous track, I suppose, among video game music. Uh, that crossfade was incredible. I did not realize how closely that was going to line up. You could literally play those songs over each other, and it actually sounds pretty good. They are 100% lined up from start to finish, from what I could tell. Uh, that says to me that David Whitaker, who did this um, arrangement, probably had access to some sort of source material for this because those tempos are exactly the same or it could just be a coincidence i don't know maybe there's sort of a an easy default tempo for this the game boy hardware that was the same as the arcade hardware i i don't genuinely know the uh technical workings of this kind of stuff so um but yeah david whitaker um is basically one of the most prolific artists um on that we're going to have on, on this podcast. And I accidentally included three songs arranged by him on this one, so that's kind of funny. Um, the credits on two of the games were wrong in my initial lookup. So. But yeah, he's uh, last worked on the Lego games, it seems like. Um, I don't think he's doing video game music anymore as of like two or three years ago. But yeah, he's, he's done a little bit of everything. So let's move on to our next... Uh, song here. This is Stage 2 Part 2 from Battletoads and Double Dragon, released simultaneously on the NES, the Game Boy, and the Super Nintendo in 1993, so maybe not so much a port, uh, composed by David Wise. We are going to be listening to the Super Nintendo version of the song, because I think that's the most interesting comparison. The NES and the Game Boy version are, are a little too close, um, but I don't know how these were composed in what order, so it's more just a, a fun uh, experiment to compare the much higher capacity of the Super Nintendo to the low four-channel capacity of the Game Boy and see what comes out. So here we go. (laughs) 
So there you have it, Battletoads and Double Dragon Stage 2 Part 2. Um, obviously the Super Nintendo version is much, much more different. The tempo is much slower. Obviously the instrumentation is different. So um, the I did not crossfade those because it sounded bad. <laughs> so that was composed uh, by David Wise, who is just absolutely legendary at Rare. Uh, he worked there for quite a while, I think until 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he did music for Donkey Kong Country, most notably, if you don't recognize his name. Um, so yeah, he didn't do a ton of stuff on the Game Boy, but I'm sure he'll come up again. Next up is the Batman Forever game, um, released simultaneously on the Super Nintendo, the Mega Drive slash Genesis, and the Game Boy, which makes this all a bit confusing. I believe that the music was composed by Tim and Jeff Fallen, who've come up before, and arranged for the Game Boy by Andy Brock. I am not certain of that, but it sounds like a Fallen kind of soundtrack to me. Um, we are going to be listening to the Super Nintendo version, first, and then the Game Boy version by Andy Brock. Uh, this is the Arkham Asylum level. That was Arkham Asylum from Batman Forever, released in 1995, probably composed by Tim and Jeff Fallen, probably arranged by Andy Brock. Um, 
a very I like that composition a lot. Uh, it, it is a little bit different in the Game Boy. Tempo is a little bit different. The key is different. Um, the Super Nintendo one obviously has more like stuff going on because it's got more channels. I think the Game Boy version is a decent uh, port of that song. A decent cover, I guess, uh, of that song. Um, I do think the Super Nintendo one is more interesting to listen to. So, But always nice to hear something that uh, complex being able to be crushed into the Game Boy and actually sound pretty decent. Andy Brock is the current principal sound designer at Blizzard, so uh, clearly this music thing has worked out for him. Uh, more of a sound effects guy, it seems like, but he did do the music for Stargate? I don't know. It, it, nothing really sprung out at me as, as something that people would be interested to know, unfortunately. But definitely lots and lots of credits on Moby Games, um, and like I said, a lot a lot more sound effects. Tim and Jeff Fallen, they'll get their whole own episode at some point. I don't even know if I'll be able to stick to Game Boy games, because I just, I just love their music so much. Much, so look forward to that. Maybe. I'll just keep teasing it. Um, next up, we're going to listen to Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babble is the game uh, on the Game Boy Color released in 2000. The song is VR Training Advanced Mode. This is a straight port of a song from a totally different Metal Gear game, Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake on the MSX. Uh, the song is Frequency 140.85.
That was the VR training advanced mode from Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babel, released on the Game Boy Color in 2000. Um, so that that's not a straight port of a different game. It is, but the song is a straight arrangement uh, from a game called Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, released on the MSX in 1990. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting comparison. They they both sound really good in different ways. The MSX has a very rich sound to it that. I mean, I think it's typical of, of very good MSX games. Um, the Game Boy version has that crunchy, chippy sound, but it's a really, really good arrangement of that, I think. Um, I'm not sure who the original composer is, but Norihiki Hibino was the uh, person who worked on the music in Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babel and also worked on Metal Gear Solid as a composer. So did uh, the other person who worked on this, Kazuku Muraoka. So I'm... I'm just not sure how the work was split up between them or if either of them composed this original song. It's it's a little fuzzy, um, but very good song. Uh, Metal Gear Solid on the Game Boy Color is kind of known for being a very good game, especially pushing the limitations of the Game Boy Color. I don't particularly dig stealth games, so it doesn't work for me. But uh, the soundtrack, if it's it, any indication, is is pretty amazing as well. This will come up again on my unusual time signatures episode that I am slowly collecting music for. There's one that's, I think, in 5-4 uh, or something like that. So, um, so yeah, you will be hearing from this game again. Next up, we've got Street Fighter II, Guile's music, arranged by Norihiko Togashi and original arcade music by Yoko Shimomura. Um, we will be listening to the arcade version. I'm not super familiar with all the different versions of Street Fighter 2. I think this is the original. I am sorry if I've uh, goofed on this for anybody who's a, a super fan listening. Um, yeah, Guile's music, Street Fighter 2.
That was Guile's theme song from Street Fighter 2, both the arcade version, hopefully the original, as well as the Game Boy version. Um, original composition by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, she has done so much at Square, including the Kingdom Hearts series. I, it looked like she worked on Final Fantasy fourteen, but I think a million people have. But yeah, just look her up. Tons and tons and tons of great music. Um, Norihiko Togashi arranged this, uh, did a pretty good job i thought i think that they both have good qualities i like the cleanness of the game boy version versus the sort of loud rockness of the arcade version at the time um but they're both a lot of fun norahiko togashi is extremely prolific as well especially on the game boy um i have a playlist of all of his music that i am currently sifting through to find the best of the best um because nobody's i really ever talked about him and he's composed for like 45 games or something ridiculous but that's going to take me a while so look forward to that episode in 2053 uh, but yeah just just tons and tons of music for games that didn't make it outside of japan or just weren't uh super famous other than uh, apparently this one which he didn't compose for he arranged for so um all right next up's a weird one you're going you're gonna to like this, hopefully. So this is uh, Beatmania Game Boy Gacha Mix 2. So it's a rhythm game with a bunch of covers, uh, which means the cover I've chosen is Lum's Love Song from Urusei Yatsura, the very famous anime from the 80s. Um, so we're going to listen to the original theme song, and then we're going to go into the Game Boy version because I think that's funny um this was originally composed by izumi kobayashi um in 1981 i want to say and the game itself was released in 2000 19 years later i'm not sure who remixed it um if you're familiar with beat mania maybe you could tell me <laughs>
That was Lum's Love Song from Beatmania GB Gotcha Mix 2. I don't actually think that's a a tremendous uh, (laughs) remix of that song for the Game Boy, but I do think it's very funny. And it's one of the few instances I was able to find where quote-unquote real music was rearranged for the Game Boy in that way. Um, There are probably better examples. Uh, for example, I'm pretty sure Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 has like some kind of version of the original music from the PlayStation game, but I'm not familiar enough with the soundtrack to be able to pick them out, and they didn't sound similar enough for me to be able to tell. So um, I might find something from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for leftovers, and, and we'll do a comparison. But yeah, in, in any case, uh, Beat Mania is a, a very famous Konami um rhythm game and there were three Game Boy games and they had a ton of different songs lots of really fun covers of songs from other Beatmania games or just apparently television theme songs so pretty cool um yeah I, I couldn't figure out who arranged this so the credits were such a mess on Moby games because there's so many people who do the arrangements uh, plus the original composers so I I just wasn't able to find it in in the the time I allow myself to do that so who knows somebody certainly does Next up, we're going to be listening to the Stage 1 theme music by uh, in R-Type, sorry, by Masato Ishizaki. Um, we're going to listen to the 1987 arcade release and then the 1991 original Game Boy R-Type game. Um, and this was arranged by, hey, it's David Whitaker again. Stage 1 from R-Type on both the original arcade and the Game Boy version. Um, So the original composer, Masato Ishizaki, apparently only did R-Type. That's the only credit I could find. So that's kind of interesting. What 
an amazing sounding track, especially for 1987, though. Like, hearing that for the first time, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> um, the Game Boy version, uh, arranged by David Whitaker, um, I think it's a, a, a very good interpretation of that. I feel like it gets across that sort of, I guess, 80s metal kind of feeling um, It without the tools that they had in the arcade to make that kind of sound. So yeah, I think it's pretty darn good. Um, I It actually makes me want to play R-Type. I, I played the NES version when I was a kid on an emulator, and it just didn't do anything for me, so I really never went back, but that music is, is pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, great, great little uh, version of that on the Game Boy. All right, so we are going to listen to the overworld music now from Dragon Warrior 1 or Dragon Quest 1. They, they didn't call it 1 at the time. I'm adding that. Um, composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Uh, this is the version from Dragon Warrior 1 and 2 released on the Game Boy Color in 1999. The original song was composed for the Famicom NES in 1986. Technically, this is a cover of the 1993 Super Nintendo re-release uh, that was also Dragon Quest 1 and 2, um, but only made it to the Super Famicom. So, um, yeah, so we'll listen to this, the original NES version. I find that to be a more interesting comparison um, because it's only about 15 seconds long versus what we get on the Game Boy version, which has a similar capability as the NES, but is a much longer and more interesting song. So I will literally play you the entirety of the NES song, and then we'll switch over to the Game Boy song. Thank you. 
That was the Overworld song from Dragon Warrior 1 slash Dragon Quest 1 composed by Koichi Sugiyama. I am pretty certain that he did the uh, the arrangement of that on the Game Boy as well, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think this is a fascinating example of taking an original song, which is... I think about 15 seconds long and and expanding it into something much longer and more interesting. It is one of my favorite compositions of all time. I uh, first heard it in Dragon Warrior Monsters where they reuse it. Um, and then when I went back to, to play the original Dragon Quest, I was like, wow, this song's a short it's very short and repetitive not that you hear it much because you're just getting interrupted by battles all the time so um koichi sugiyama is of course known for composing dragon quest music um and also defending japanese war crimes we will say no more about koichi sugiyama all right so next up is our very last song which means i'm going to regale you with all of the amazing things i do at the end of every podcast Thank you to Zofar.net for ripping all of this amazing music. Thank you to the various people that I stole music from on YouTube to get the originals. Uh, I'm not crediting all of you. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at PulseWavePod. You can download all of the songs I played on this episode as MP3s. Uh, there's a link in the description. It's in a zip file. I've nicely named them as best I could, as well as uh, put them all into a single album artist so they'll play nicely and not, not just be a billion different albums that show up in your in your playlist hopefully um if you like the sound of my voice check out the other podcast i do with my friends about super nintendo games called the super nintendo exploration squad you can find that at snes.zone you can also find me on co-op button uh that's at co-op button pod on twitter actually it might just be co-op button anyway <laughs> you, you can find it co-op button podcast um and thank you so much for listening um, I appreciate it. I hope this one was interesting. It's the most complex I've gotten so far um, in putting these together, and I was really excited to share all of these interesting ports with you. This last one is a song from Xenon 2 Mega Blast, which is a shooty shooty game, <laughs> and it's uh, arranged by David Whitaker. Now, this has the most bizarre history of any of the songs in this episode. So, this is actually a song by Bomb the Bass called Mega Blast. And when I say song, I mean like it's, it's an actual song. You can look it up on YouTube. It was released on an album. It's not video game music. They liked it so much, they named the game after it and rearranged it for the Atari ST version. David Whitaker did that. Then they ported that to the, to the Game Boy Color and rearranged it again. It's just... There's not any other games I can think of that have have that bizarre of a song and like literally name the entire game after it. Oh, and I almost forgot the original song samples heavily from the theme song to the 1976 film Assault on Precinct 13. So it just gets more and more rabbit holey. So I am going to play you the entirety of the original song and then I will play you the entirety of the cover of it because why not? It's my podcast. So I hope you enjoy uh, the song called Mega Blast from Do Bomb the Bass, as well as the uh, title music of Xenon 2, Mega Blast. There have been mixes and dance tracks put together in the past. But none can outrun or equal the power of Mega Blast. 
Oh, 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 yeah. Check this out.